You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast with Patrick Fisher, Chandler Smith, and Josh from Outdoor Limits. In this podcast, we'll touch on everything from gear to ducks to deer, turkey and fishing. From field to table, let's dive in. Wasn't it like snowing last time we drove down the NWTF? It's like snows every time we go to NWTF, so yeah. We just pray for good roads leaving. We've had good roads. If we don't have good roads, Pat's not going. <laughs> I'll meet you guys out there. I'm going to fly. Yeah, that'd be nice. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Huh? Back to the future? Is that what that, I thought that was from like a... Where we're going, we don't need roads. I don't know. They're getting ready to take off. It's been so long yeah. since I've Doc seen that movie. Michael J. Fox and his Original? girlfriend in the back seat. I don't know. There's so many now. <laughs> well, there's three, right? Or yeah, four? I think there's three. Three. There's even one. They went back to Western times. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> they had to, spoiler alert, they had to get back with a train uh, was pushing the car. They had to get the train to 88 miles an hour. You remember Ooh. that? No, and the whole dramatic scene was the bridge was not there. Oh, they were they haven't finished the bridge yet, but they would they did have the bridge finished in wherever whatever time they're coming back to. What year was on the original? What year did the Cubs win the World Series? Wasn't it twenty two, twenty three? Did they hit it? They were no, like I, a year no, off. Hang on, were they like a year they off from close. it actually happening? I think it was a year off, something like that. We did, yeah. We don't have the hoverboards, not yet. We sort of, not sort really. Of there's, they're on like on a wheel. No, no. There's been somebody who's made it with magnets. Oh. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it doesn't. It's pretty boring. Itself. It's like in a, just a little. You can just roll a rink type thing. You can't go beyond. There's it. like a uh, can't do a kickflip. You can like look <laughs> at. I guess it'd be past movies now about the future but like some of them are like right now yeah that was the future it was 2015 it was 20 that's what i thought it was 2015 it was around when the royals were yeah playing ball i think that there was a date it was like october something yeah that they were going to and that was what 20 something 23 2020 i don't know gotcha maybe i have to look it up huh just because we're talking about it because they win the World Series in the future. Yeah. Or whatever. Gosh, I need to go back and watch that. October 21st. What year? Um, 2015. Yeah, it's... Am I remembering something wrong? 2015 is the movie. Well, that's when it's they, that's it's when number two. Series. Yeah. But what was the date that they were going Origi- to? Uh, originally for... I don't know. I thought that there was like recently a date that passed. Oh. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Get up on your movie times. He went. They went back to 1955, or that's where they started. Or no, 85. 85. Then he went back to 55, and he did go to 2015. Yeah. 
I don't know of anything past 2015. Maybe I'm crazy. I must be crazy. Well, probably. Because, yeah, I see 2012, 2013, 2015. Anyways. Oh, well. little tidbit. Now you got something to do this weekend, Patrick. Catch up on those. Catch up on them all. Yeah, if you need a DVD box set, I have it. Oh, do you? I do, actually. The yeah. nice one, too, like holographic case and everything. You got the collector's edition. Pull out my PlayStation yeah. and put it in. <laughs> you got a PlayStation? Mm-hmm. PlayStation 2? <laughs> I do. I think it was two or three. I don't know. Was it, is it? Anyways. Hey, I always say, like, PlayStation 2. It's and all Hayden looks at me like I'm crazy. Like I'm playing some, you know, Atari game or something. Ah, dude, PlayStation 2 is the Wasn't best. that like 2002? Yeah. What? 2003 yeah. when that came out? Yeah. It's pretty old. It's not that old. I still have mine. We were yeah. talking about... I still uh, play Gran Turismo on mine. Me, me and Beth were talking today at lunch Which is now a movie. Frozen. And I was like, that is that movie is over... Tw- is it 12 years old? No. Yeah, probably. I don't that know. Which is crazy. Yeah. To me. It just feels like... Yeah. Well, I was watching... You know, Pete's Dragon and Jungle Book. Look those dates up. <laughs> Speaking of Frozen. Good segue. It is Frozen. Everything is. is Frozen. How Did we see the freeze line in, in the United States? Like, what? It, I mean, Houston was shutting schools down. They obviously, they shut schools down for anything, like a, a little speck of snowflake. But they were having some freezing stuff issues. And yeah, I don't know. I know that there's a lot of places that have snow and ice that don't normally see snow and ice. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the freeze line is concerned, where like everything is frozen. Is it in Arkansas somewhere? I don't know where that's at right Oklahoma, now. Oklahoma, I don't know Arkansas. if it's quite. When we got our first snowstorm, they were getting like tornado warnings in Arkansas. Yeah, I believe that. But I mean. So what is weird is. And people talk about it a lot, like uh, schools don't close up north, but they'll close around here for freezing. The difference is it's always been like like my uh, cousin lives in northern, or I don't know where, in Montana, though. But it was negative 62 degree wind chill. Yeah. But they go to school. Yeah. There's no getting out. And I guess we didn't like some of the. But we're, if we're, it's negative anything around here, here we're most likely we're closing. Yeah. Uh, but that's abnormal for us, which is why, you know, you see them close up there. It's, it's, I mean, I've always been like that. I feel like we deal with roads okay and stuff like that. I didn't think about that. Like Montana, you go to school no matter. You're pretty much going. Yeah. Well, Iowa they, got they, hammered. Yeah, they did. My uncle was trying to. I don't know if, let's see, he he would have been bow hunting, finishing up bow hunting up there. And in four days, they got like 22 inches. Yeah. It was crazy. It's a lot of snow. And what's really crazy is, uh, I don't know if it was abnormal, but it was warm really up until like two weeks ago now. Yeah. I mean, we were, I remember guys coming in, um, for like goose hunting, it was, you know, everything was warm. So everybody's like hunting ponds and doing that type of stuff, not field hunting. Yeah. Because there's so much water open. And then just within the past week and a half, it's like 
total switch. Oh, yeah. Complete was... opposite. <clears throat> I mean, we... we're probably, from our high two weeks ago, I don't know how you'd look at it. Like, Can you look in the back? Can you look backwards on the temperature, Josh? Yeah, I can. I'm actually looking at my cell camera, seeing when things locked up. I was just wondering the last time it was 60 degrees. Oh, I don't know. I bet it was. So on the so 8th, it was 29, and I had open water. The 8th. 8th of January, and you had open water? Yeah, there's some ice here on the 6th, 27 degrees. 27 or negative 10. I mean, it's a 30-degree difference just in real temp. I f- yeah, I felt like, was Christmas 60 degrees? It was It was raining on Christmas. I know that. Okay. Okay. So I had so, I had ducks. So we're probably close to around then Christmas. I had time. ducks in open water and thirty three degrees on January first. I'm trying to go back to like you want to see when it was what you really got, like, warm. Christmas. I want to see what I was like thinking about going swimming, like the twenty fifth, forty one on the 29th. Yeah. So I bet we're pretty close. I mean, I mean we had like a sixty five or sixty something degree day. I think it was longer ago than you guys might recall. Yeah. 33 on December 25th. Oh. What was the Friday before that? The the thing is, it's just such a big difference. 53 on the 24th at 2.17 p.m. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm... So that's what I remember. Like, to that. like, the day yeah. before Christmas, before that rain, it was like... It was really nice. You were wearing shorts and a t-shirt and outside. Yeah. Yeah. The rain all time. Yeah. We literally just now got a weather advisory from National Weather Service about a wind chill, like, advisory. For for Friday? For now. For right now. No, we didn't. Your phone's uh, messed up. I need to go outside. Amazon and Alexa, four sunshine. minutes ago, U.S. National Weather Service has issued a wind chill advisory for Liberty. What? Well, it can't be worse than it was. Currently, right now, on it's like Saturday. It's it was, 30 degrees. It was like negative 11 the other day. 30 I, degrees. I just got one. Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. a heat wave. You're, you're crazy. Apps, you, you got in your app and it's so they're, to send you something. Because it's nice out. I mean, I'm wanting to go out there and work the rest next of the day outside. Week is, so Friday is going to be cold again. Yeah, 9 degrees. And then by Monday, Tuesday next week, we're in the 40s. Yeah, and raining. So and Raining. Which I don't like either. I don't mind. So like, up and down. I don't mind 32 degrees or 20s. And this is a little bit, obviously, but, this is way colder. It's kind of of a one-off, but, like, we're, and we'll probably get into this, but uh, it freezes every year. Sometimes. Yeah. And it, I mean, it gets cold enough where a lo- at least your ponds are freezing up. You Might remember, not freeze up the whole lake. I mean, last year we had but that, you forget had that about Arctic it. blast. Yeah. Well, this was definitely an Arctic blast, polar plunge. The well, last year's Arctic blast was in February, though. No, right? it wasn't. It was, was like it? right around New Year's. Was it? Yeah. And so, if I don't remember much of an Arctic blast. Was it like a day or two event? No, it was. It was really cold. This seems long prolonged. Time. Like, yeah, like reservoirs were freezing up. Yeah, I guess because you were diver hunting and dealing with all that. Wasn't that one Texas? Like, there yeah, were cars, Texas. Their ice there storm, iced over in Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the pipes were busting yeah. and everything. Yeah. Huh. Dang. Seems like once a year. We but get you forget these, about it. Yeah, we get one of these big freezes. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of it goes to the wayside. And if anybody watched any football over the weekend, you know, they were talking about how cold it was. Buffalo p- 
pushed a game to yeah. Monday, which was hilarious because they were still snowed in. That looked like a great game to be on. Their, the field was cleared. They ended up they didn't have enough time to shovel all the snow off the seat, so they yeah. said, "Screw it." They and let they allowed like, fans bring in like snow shovels. <laughs> you were like digging yeah. trenches to figure out where you were sitting. No, like, they hired people. Oh they yeah, twenty bucks 20 an, an hour. hour and free food. Yeah. To, to go to the to game, go, but they didn't have shovel. enough to go shovel for the yeah, game. Yeah, they didn't have enough people show up. <laughs> I sure hope that those people got tickets to the game. Uh, Probably. I mean, there's no way, right? Where, where did I they, doubt they put it all out? Like when you scoop snow, it, like it, it has goes, to go somewhere. Yeah, they put this. Um, There's a sled. Like a sled thing. deal down the aisles that go down to the field, and then they can pick it up with the, yeah. you know, scooper. I swear, like the the time of the game, uh, people were running in there with their snow shovels, like to watch the game. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, and I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you? I mean, you couldn't get to your seat. You go through security Literally. here. Let me put my snow shovel over here on the table while you put that security. shovel in the basket. <laughs> yeah. And if you're watching the Chiefs game, which was at night, uh, Saturday, fourth coldest game in NFL history. Yep. What was like and the real the, the coldest? I think negative it was negative six 10. with a chill of negative like twenty five or thirty. Yeah, or something yeah so like we were that. pushing negative six to negative ten. Yeah, that's what I remember. And then the, and it was the coldest game ever at Arrowhead. Yeah, and some info. Roughly, somewhere between ten and fifteen, I heard twelve people did get frostbite. Yeah, and I lost some, and lost some digits. Oh really? Goodness. Really. Just for a football game. I mean, yeah. I was like, dang. No. It's cold. I think they're going to regret I mean, that. If you, if you, the thing is, like, we, and not everybody, right, knows how to dress for that extreme cold. Yeah. I guess that's We kind of get used to it because of all the weather we hunt in. Um, like, Colton went. Did he? My son went, and he... And he comes in, then it would have been, yeah, Friday. Or, oh, Friday. And he goes, hey, I am going to go to the game. Okay. He goes, help me out. So. What, what was he what, what was he wanting to buy? Because he doesn't have, no, 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 home. He didn't need to buy anything. Me and oh. Sonya had stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we literally layered him up. We had, uh, you know, some like polypropylene socks and then like a heavy wool sock yeah. with some Arctic Pro boots. I'm just kind of working my way up here. Yeah. Base layer, we started with uh, Merino uh, heavyweight bottoms. And then um, I had some late season like waiter sweat deals from Drake. Gotcha. And then he just threw on some sweatpants. And then the Sitka Fanatic bibs. Okay, so he did over have, that. He had three layers plus a, a fanatic bib on top. Yeah, gotcha. And then his top was a merino heavyweight quarter zip. Quarter zip, yeah. And then um, the fanatic hoodie. And then a vest, windstopper vest. Yep. And then a five fifty goose down jacket. Puffy, yeah. And then the Sitka fanatic jacket. Wow. And we text him. We text him about the third quarter, so he's a good two hours into the game. Yeah, and he goes, "I'm almost too warm." Yeah, I, I would have said he's got like one extra layer, maybe not in the bottoms, but one extra top. Yeah, that I would have probably eliminated. 
Was he wearing any Chiefs gear over top of that? I was was he just, probably threw a jersey over, right? No. No, he didn't. He but was just, uh, that was hilarious. All the people wearing the jerseys, like, how many layers can I stuff under this yeah, yeah, yeah. size 10X jersey? Mm-hmm. It's funny. They did a fan cam, so all I caught was him. That's him? Yeah. Gotcha. He wasn't even looking at the camera. He just yeah. had his head turned. We did get that guy. Yeah, I was looking to try to take a picture of that. That was the main one for the Rogers apparel. Yeah, I was was the guy in was the somebody's decked out in Rogers. That's gear? the original foul weather jacket. Foul weather jacket with the blue and black oh, RG yeah. logo. Yeah, yeah. So whoever you are, yeah, you got to send us an email. I screenshot at the you. Chiefs game with the original foul weather jacket, blue RG logo, and hundred and thirty like grams of Prima Loft. Was it Habitat? Shadow Grass or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah, you got to send us an black face an email. mask. Yeah, podcast at rogersportingins.com. We need, to get you, was, we need to get him set up with the new one. Yeah, that was on national television. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but, yeah, could you believe how much yeah. Sitka you saw at that game? Tons of Sitka. Like, they, everybody was wearing Sitka. Even the guy without a shirt on had salt alpine gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're not wearing a shirt. I think he had traverse gloves on, yeah. son, you said, which yeah. is funny because it's just like a... And he's wearing sub-alpine traverse gloves. He might have like, been a guy that lost a digit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long he was doing that, but there's two guys at that game not wearing a, yeah, a darn shirt. I I'm imagine. Like, no. I mean, yeah, it's stupid. But, it, okay, so I guess to my point was, I guess I just take it for granted because, you know, and every yeah. hunter out there, you can kind of relate to this. Like, you've dealt with, you know, super cold temps. So you're kind of prepped for this, but we did have a lot of people come in and try to figure out what to buy. We sold tons of those heated vests, so hopefully that worked out well for everybody. Yeah, my buddy Adam came in and bought like five. Did he? Yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah. With this awesome. whole thing, people are buying those heated vests like crazy. And you can wear a less of a layer Yeah, if you by didn't, wearing a heated vest. Yeah, if you didn't know. Like there's ways to layer two without looking like the Christmas story. Yeah. You know, balloon animal. Yep. So, anyways, if you want to know how to dress for cold weather, you can always stop into the store and we'll get you set up. Yep. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was definitely cold. Yeah, and the and their clothing associates they understand layering and what material types. Yeah, there's do definitely what in certain an, spots an art to it. Yeah. It sounds kind of goofy, but you know, like. Growing up, how many times did we just throw on cotton? <laughs> yeah. Or the, oh, yeah. the old waffle long johns. Or, yeah. you know, just you, as long as you had boot socks, you thought that was a warm sock because it I was know. long. <laughs> We're like, well, we'll throw on my boot sock. It's all cotton. Yeah. I like the, I like it when guys like, oh, I need boots for deer hunting. I'll throw these uh, cowboy boots on. <laughs> yeah. And then they got in her like that's. Yeah. No traction, no insulation, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Or you feel like, or they get too tight of a boot. Yeah. You don't realize you need some extra space in there. Like, there's just so much I've learned over, you know, trial and error, too. Yeah. But, you know, the right type of clothes can make a difference and yeah. make you more successful out in the field because stay out there longer. Yeah, I need to so, order. This is random. We'll, go, we'll get into our topic, but there, I had a pair of these columbia omni heat insulated bibs completely oh, waterproof yeah. the ones with like the mylar on the inside the shiny reflective the shiny material. reflective yeah. yeah those are my favorite bibs and i've lost them i had a vest with that in there really? i loved it i had the bibs i had them for fishing um i always figured if i needed bibs 
when I was fishing, it probably wasn't that warm. So why not get a little bit of insulation? Yeah. So like my, you know, for a long time, and it still is really like when I, if it's supposed to, if I'm, if I was going to fish a tournament or really go out fishing and it was going to rain and I just like, I'm going to go out and do it. I'd be wearing like those bibs and then a Columbia rain jacket, like a nice one, a PFG. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I haven't looked at rain jackets. That's Sonya's warmest coat is the one with the Omni heat. Yeah. And then they made a, the gold ones, the gold ones. Yeah. And I don't know if it has just a better heat reflection. Right. But all it's trying to do is reflect your body heat back backwards and don't lose it through the fabric. Yeah. So. Yeah. So being biased here at the table, but congrats, Chiefs. Yeah. If you're if Shout you're, out to uh, Winchester. Yeah. If you're listening to us in Florida, you know, Tyreek's pretty cool. Yeah. But. We like Tyreek. I mean, he, he was our dude for a while yeah but so. Snead did put the hammer down on him Sneed. he goes Tyreek's uh he sent out a tweet and he loves John back and forth like him and Chris Jones and they have fun with it so I don't think there's any ill will that when Tyreek does it but the one I'm not gonna quote it verbatim but he's like he uh he knocked my back back to Cancun or whatever <laughs> like when he got hit <laughs> he's like yeah, it was vacation time for me. Yeah, um, but it I mean, was it was fun. When this comes out, we will have played our we will next have known. game, and well, either who knows be, it could be eaten pretty hard. Yes, so. we'll yeah. either be going to our sixth straight AFC championship game. Yep, six in a row. Who do you think that'll be? Or Baltimore? Well, we got to get through Buffalo. First. No, no, no. I'm not talking about our side. Oh, on the other side of the bracket. I mean, if Who do you I think was going to make it? If I was just to pick straight up, you know, not the point spread and all that, yeah, like yeah. who's favored and by how much, I would just tell you Baltimore. Yeah. You think it's going to be Baltimore But there Chiefs? is something about the swagger that C.J. Stroud has for the Texans. I mean, you all got a good one there. Yeah. You can tell he's got, he's got what it takes. Yeah. And the passion – and I haven't and kept, a rookie coach. And I haven't kept up on what went down with him because I felt like the beginning of the year, like no one was showing up to the games, like for the Texans or something. Like, yeah, I mean, I think they thought it was a rebuilding year, anyways. And then yeah. all of a sudden, we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, we've got something going here. So, CJ Stroud reminds me. I don't know like what this I year did there. Reminds me of of Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year, which is really cool to see. It's just super cool. Good football. He's definitely. It'll be fun to watch. So we got a true road test for the first time ever for Mahomes. Yeah. Got to play on the road. and I think hey, we've done better on the road this year. Um, Record-wise, we are 6-2 and two on the road, 4-4 four and four at home, and 1-0 and oh in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways. But that's regular season, and this is really, once you make the dance, yeah. This is what matters. So the goal is always to win a Super Bowl. Yep. I mean, as far as home games go, this this run of playoffs, if I'm correct, every team that played other than the Dallas Cowboys who had a home game, the, the home team won. Am I correct on that? Probably. Yeah, because the Packers won on the road. Yeah, everybody else won at home. Yeah. Yep. And there's a lot of beatdowns this weekend. Um if you're listening to this podcast, I have no idea what's went down, but we just know we're yeah Dallas. We're talking Scott. about round one. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you Not this. I know we're 
We're way off, off right now. You guys are getting me excited talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> if you love quarterback play, yeah, great quarterbacks, and there's been eras where there's been great quarterbacks, like the the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could throw in. You kind of had you had the Drew Brees, Roethlisberger. Like that was an era. Yeah, we're lucky right now with the quarterbacks we have to watch with Lamar Jackson, just, yes, Mahomes, AFC Joe side. Burrow, Josh Allen. Yeah, you just listed all AFC right there. Right. Yeah. And I'm not even throwing in, you know, I don't know where you want to put Dak, but, like, there's some C.J. Stroud now, you know, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, even though Dak lost this Who day? This game, Dak. Who day? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, even though even though they lost, they still have a great offense. I think it's more of a coach. Oh yeah, every year they're the best team on paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then right uh, how long they've gone. been saying that since like ninety. That was a di- <laughs> that was a dig at you Cowboys fans, but I'm poking fun, right? It's sports. We've got to poke fun at each other. But yeah. anyways, the main thing is, congrats to your team if you won and. Uh, it was frozen, which leads us into really what we want to talk about, which is to get back to our hunting. But now that it's frozen, yeah, and if you're still wanting to hunt water, got to do something about it. Yeah, some of my... You know, and not everybody has a field-style setup. True. Some of so, my favorite hunts have been in an ice hole. That's what I'd call it. So we're talking about, you know, if it's... If it's like this, sometimes you can hunt a feed right in the field, and, and if you got those decoys and stuff. But what about those days on the farm pond or, or or a small reservoir or something where you go out and you say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bust a hole in this ice, and I'm gonna set up a spread around here." And I, the birds are using this area, and when they see this, it's it's game over. Yeah, and it does some magical things sometimes. I really think so. Um. It's like you. That's why you kind of see rivers. Yep. Get a lot yep. of birds late in the year because yep. it's the only open water. Yeah, and water's king. And there's you know you can use some of those sandbars and, and ice spots to really make some cool looking spreads. I think some of the spread art, if that's the saying, waterfowl <laughs> spread art. Yeah, it is now. I, I mean, I think so. That's really fun to do when you have ice involved. I make my initials. <laughs> but the, I don't do that. That'd be cool though. But I don't um, know, just just hunting a, hunting over ice. I mean, Josh, we can talk about maybe ice rippers first, or just okay. I say ice rippers, ice eaters, ice rippers. There's ice removal tools, ice, ice removal tools. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of what to do. Like, not everybody yeah. can get an ice ripper, right? Or you know, an it's ice a eater. it's a big investment. Yeah, but and what to do? Like, let's just talk getting open water. Okay. Not even decoy setup or anything like that. Like, let's let's start with when the freeze first happens. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have a period when you see the temps dropping. You know water's going to lock up, and so that first day when things really start to lock up, it's really not that big a deal. You can go in like a, let's say a public marsh. You have like a quarter inch of ice. Mm-hmm. Go walk around, build you a little hole, cut it out, try and keep that middle piece as solid as you can, and just slide it underneath. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you're talking about like when the freeze just starts to hit. So it's not thick. Yeah, you you you'll break through the ice yeah. with, your, with your boots. On it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you need to be careful. 
Yeah. When it, yeah. Waders can get damaged. True. <laughs> we do have a lot of protection on our, our yeah. Rogers waders now in all the areas that would be involved in ice. I'm not too scared about it anymore because of that material yeah. goes all the way to the ankle. But if it's higher than that, ice can get sharp and puncture. Yeah. But so, you know, one thing I don't like in some of these late season ice holes is a lot of shards and small pieces of ice. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it looks as natural. So I really try to avoid that. So what you can do is you can take a rake, like yeah. a hard rake. You can rake the ice out. Rake it out from which direction? Like, what do you mean? Like if you got small just pieces use, yeah, use it, use it to just like, kind of get those small pieces out of the way. Yeah. But what I don't like, too, is I don't like throwing the small pieces on top of the ice. Correct. You can push them underneath yeah. it or throw them on the bank. Yeah. Because when it's that cold, I'm not sitting in the water. No, no. I wouldn't say that. I just... <laughs> You know, sometimes you get lazy and you get rushed and you just throw oh, things yeah. over the, oh, over yeah. the edge of the and ice. It's dark, so you can't see what's happening. And then when the sun comes up, you look, you're like, what mess did I just make? Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. But, you know, I like whenever the ice is strong enough to support you and you can go in with some type of cutting device and make the perfect hole. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, perfect circle, but, like, clean edges great shape to it so let's let's back up just a second the reason why ice holes are effective and the reason why you can cut a hole open and then birds come back in to use it is birds will actually go and sit on the ice and melt a hole through that ice and they'll keep that open and they'll keep it open so what you're doing when you're doing that is you're basically just mimicking what the birds naturally do correct so if you're thinking to yourself, why would I go cut a hole in the ice that would just look super unnatural? Well, it's actually something that naturally happens. But it allows, I mean, you know, it gives you some, I mean, you'll use decoys in here in different ways you you wouldn't use decoys, you mm-hmm. know, all, all the other times of the year. You're going to bring out shells, and we'll get into that here in a second. But, uh, but keeping the ice hole clean is what yeah. you guys are saying. Yeah. I don't know if it makes don't that big of a difference. but around. You know, like I feel like it does. This is personally, I do. Like slide I, it underneath. I've, yeah. I love. I want big chunks I can slide underneath. Yeah, yeah. I've had holes. Makes where, it easier. I mean, there's just a hundred little chunks about that yeah. big floating around. You're like, yeah. this doesn't look good. Like, that could be where. It and sometimes helps. that's all you got to mm-hmm. do. I mean, that's what happens. So to do that, I got. I mean, my favorite thing. I don't bring a chainsaw out, but my favorite thing is an axe or a split and maul. Split and maul, really. Yeah. Split and maul has the weight, and it doesn't shatter. So some people go out and bring a sledgehammer to make their hole. But the moment you hit a sledgehammer on that ice and you go around and you make your, your perimeter of your, your hole, all your impacts make these little cut like lines. Splinters. Yeah. Fractures in the ice. And when you really bust it open, then you get a bunch of small parts mm-hmm. and that creates a headache. So when I use a split maul, it's really making a cut and I can just walk a line make a perfect cut and i i enjoy i love doing that in the morning and because I, I don't know why i like getting in the Artsy. water and shoving the ice under trying to get There's something satisfying it's about trying it. to get or like when you're breaking you're breaking the hole and then it cracks all the way across and breaks off you're like oh yeah and then you're like okay i got this big sheet you know sometimes it's, it's like bigger the size than this of table. this room yeah and you're like pushing it rotating it in a circle yeah spinning it and like starting to get under the ice and then starting to shove it in under the and spinning it and pushing it in at the same yeah. time it's a blast. So with that, I do recommend decoy gloves. Yes. Because 
and I do yeah. it too. I go out there, we have to bust ice, and I don't bring the right gloves, and it's just everything's soaking wet from your hands to your elbows. Because yeah. when you're starting pushing stuff under ice and stuff, you just get everything wet. Yeah. So decoy gloves t- are huge. Yeah, like up to your elbow. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think up to, I mean, yeah, any waterproof glove is going to be a, a blessing, but up to your elbow is going to be Get amazing. the trapper ones that you yeah. go up to your yeah, good if you want Shoulder. to. Good if you want to, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the PVC ones are good. So like banded and, and make some PVC, like those orange ones. Those oh, are great yeah. to have. But yeah, some people use a chainsaw. Have you done that? No. They'll, they'll bring out the chainsaw and they'll just, attack, man, chainsaw around my waders. I mean, I'm be sure, careful. I'm sure the ice isn't good for a chainsaw either. I don't know. But it rips through it. Yeah, it does. I bet. I don't know about how well the chainsaw curves because I've never done it, but I'm, you know, it might be. I didn't. be like a square hole. I'd but be out there with just my little. You got a little Ryobi one or something. Ryobi one. <laughs> <laughs> that might be great. Electric chainsaw on an extended pole. That might be awesome. Just Wonder if the Huey the man. The one, the electric one. Yeah. It might. I don't know. I don't know how bad they are for the blades. Don't Maybe do they're that. not bad at all. Don't do that. But some people I'm use chainsaws. It, it comes from ice fishing. Yeah. Some people chainsaw. The, their... Those are the right tools. The long gloves, axe, whatever. Yeah. Uh, a rake. It's a good idea. Something yeah, to bring clear it. out those little chunks that. 100%. You know. Or I've seen guys bring like a snow shovel. The snow shovel is really good with that curve. It's really good at putting all the ice chunks in it and then just slinging it back to the bank. Yeah, yeah. that would work. Yeah, but the big thing is like yeah. that 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 circle of the snow shovel like gives you like this launch thing. You know those little it's little like, toys yeah, when you're a kid or something. Yeah, you can really really throw. Yeah. Them, you know. Anyways, so once you have that open, and say the temps now we know are gonna it's gonna freeze back up. So Josh, if I don't keep it open. Yeah. So Josh, if you were running an ice ripper you would do a small hole with like the tools that we were talking about you would bust with yeah. a sledgehammer it doesn't matter a sledgehammer axe you'd make a small hole to fit your ice ripper right yeah so i'd go out probably 15 yards from the bank would you bust a hole in. all the way from the bank to it depending you, on how thick the ice is and like if i know the depth of the water yeah, yeah then i would walk out onto the ice and cut the hole but if i don't know the depth you'll walk your way out there i'd walk my way out breaking ice along the way yeah. and i would just slide the ice ripper next to me on top of the ice until i got to the spot i wanted to place it yeah and, and so do you one, recommend gloves for ice ripper yes, installation yes always wear your gloves cuz it's it's going to get wet your arms are going to go under the water yeah no matter like no matter what to set yeah. it down or to pull it out to yeah. adjust it at all you got to have to Gloves are recommended. Yeah, I've done it without it, but gloves are recommended. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what? One trick that you can do. So depending on the type of hole that you want and kind of the shape of your setup that you're going to be running, depending on like the pond or whatever, you can angle that ice ripper to be more angled straight up or straight out. Okay. So if it's angled straight up, you're going to get more of a circle hole. It's going to be pushing that water up. And it round in a circle. Yep. So what, what an ice ripper does is it, it creates ripples on the water to where the water won't freeze, and it's drawing the warm water up from underneath the ice to the top surface. Yep. Okay? So if you angle it more kind of straight, you're going to get elongated hole in the ice. Yeah. So what sometimes we'll do is we'll go out, like 
the day before we want to hunt, like maybe in the morning, we'll set up the ice ripper, point it out at an angle, let it run. Let it push a straight hole open. Straight hole open, and then you come back later, you angle it, push some more, you angle it, you push some more, and by day two when you're going to hunt, your hole is going to be pretty decent size. Well, and it all depends on the thickness of the ice. Yeah, and how cold it is acting against it, you know. So, like, if it's if it's 20 degrees and you've got two inches of ice, I mean, it's going to take a little while, but if you've got four and a half inches of ice and it's two degrees, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. You know, and some guys talk about getting them out ahead of the... Yep. ...ahead of the whole thing so it doesn't get that thick. Yeah, so you can also go out before the freeze and then just constantly keep your generator running yeah. so then it doesn't freeze up. They say the ice ripper... Um, this is normal conditions. So like this weekend wasn't normal. No, it's conditions. We're talking like, you know, sub freezing, but not the negative 20 degree wind chills. Um, and giving it ample time to work roughly a 20 by 35 yard hole is kind of what they tell you. Ice ripper toes. Yeah. Um, Hold open. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, like, I guess that would be one of my questions because you all have hunted over way more isoles than I ever will. Yeah. Um, you sure about that? Probably. We'll get you out there in the yeah the Friday next week tundra when this podcast start is start dropping up. We're gonna be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be forty. Yeah, but there a lot there of ice for a right while. Now. We weren't gonna push it back, and then we would have been. Yeah, Pat would have been out there with cutting. Um. I mean, 20 by 35 yards, really, I mean, it's a decent size hole, but you think, you know, that's that's right there. Them birds are on top of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when people ask, you know, how big of a spot do you need? Do you really not need a giant hole? Because I put no, it over I, a hole almost the size of this table. Yeah. Maybe maybe two of these tables. And that's when it's, like, really thick and you, you just don't want to work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say... What are you just putting one rubber ducky out there? Well, two two goose loaders. So I'll get to that. We'll get to that here in a little bit okay. about the spread. At night with with flashlights, you think your hole's the biggest hole ever. <laughs> then the sun yeah. comes up, and you're like, "That's it. That's all I got." <laughs> like it's like you think you have this Olympic sized swimming pool out there, and then the sun comes up, and you're looking at a kiddie pool that you blew up and you bought from Walmart. That's like the you know, you're like, man, we got out here and it took forever. We went this huge, you know, loop around and mm-hmm. have all this space. And then the like, sun comes up and you're like, this is a small hole. Yeah. But it can be successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can be. And I think some of the cleanup and like making it look nice helps. Because if it's right. that cold and it takes you that long to get a little small hole open, like sometimes that's what they're they're working with. Yeah. You know, they're, they're holding open a little bit of water. Now we'll... Yeah, not to get to the spread itself, but Canada's verse or geese versus ducks. Geese will land on ice, though, won't they? Ducks will too. Yeah, ducks will too. But okay. yeah, I would say are geese more apt to land on some ice and then filter into the water? Or I'm, I would, I'm, I'm maybe, not sure. I would, maybe I would, I would, I can see that. But we're gonna. I, I mean, I've had geese shortstop me on ice a lot, a lot. Yeah, actually, now I think about it, I, I believe what you're saying is true. Yeah. For the did most you part. see it's not off topic. Did you see the video going around of the mallard in its beak frozen? Got frozen? Yeah. 
And then, it, you know, couldn't get it off. It's trying to get it off, trying to get it off, you know, and it's frozen, it's beak shut. And uh, obviously being smart or smart enough, but it tucks its beak back under, you know, like it's preening yeah. in oh, the preening yeah. position until it warms up and starts melting off. I was like, that is so cool. Yeah. And it's crazy what these birds can do. I mean, it's wild. I was, when on my deer hunt in Texas a couple weeks ago, I was talking to the guide. He he is like, this guide goes all over the, I mean, he guides in Canada, then goes to Texas, and then he's in Jamaica on a on a ship. Doing for what? Fishing charter kind of thing. I was like, did he watch the movie Migration? Yeah. And they really went to Jamaica? No, I don't, maybe the Jamaica, I can't he remember. He, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's out there fishing charters like. Okay. You know, like that's like he does all sorts of stuff. Dang. He, a buddy of his who lives up in Canada was sending him a picture of ducks at like negative twenty in Calgary. Just Isn't that like crazy? Chilling. I mean, to me, just to think that they're outside all the time. Well, yeah, and they're not. They're not down here in Arkansas or Missouri. You know, they're still up there in those conditions. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, but didn't want to get off on a tangent there. I know we. Yeah, and that's why we make. Uh, Goose down jackets. Yeah. Um, so so we, we keep saying ice ripper, but yeah. let's talk about the different options out there for sure. ice yeah. eater, ice ripper, ice yeah, some removal. to moving water. Because um, I, I got a cool one to talk about. And we've sold multiple ones over the years. Because ice eater was like the original. Like, like the Mallard View ice eater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a square stand that you put your your you know the motor portion of it it's like in a green looks like a tube that supports in the middle that's the mallard view ice eater those have been around a long time been a long time and they and you'll see some I mean, of those, those were there when i first started and when we first started yeah, so it's been over a decade and that you know the actual um like the motorized device you see you'll see like under like boat docks and stuff Mm-hmm. Keeping boat, boat yeah, they open. just suspend them under. But yeah, they hang them from like cables and things. And then Mallard right. View figured out a, a mounting bracket. Perfect to, idea. To use them for yeah. for uh, for duck hunting. And then another popular one, which really came on over the past what three or four years now, or maybe it's been five already maybe. for us. But see, it's you know not as long as the J two Ice Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um, which a lot of people have seen. A lot of people have got them from us. Um, and that's actually from a gentleman. Does he make them? He's in Missouri. In Missouri. Yeah. Middle, out of Missouri. Central Missouri. Yeah. Um, Somewhere. We sell tons of those. Um, a yeah. little bit different setup. Comes with the stand. You know, it's more of a slender stand. There's a lot of adjustment, though, to it. Yeah, yeah. they can go really shallow. Then get super shallow. Oh, yeah. Is that like a perk for him? Like yeah. to go like really shallow your, and your your range that you, of water you can put it in. You I know mean, we were is running it, in. Is it forty inches of of vertical range? I'm trying to think. Whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know. But we <laughs> three I mean, feet. We I threw mean, them roughly. Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. I mean we Something were using like it in like eight inches of water on the plat. Yeah, super shallow. Super oh, really? shallow. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of angledness mm-hmm. you can do to it, like you're talking about up down you know whatever um they do a metal prop um mallard view um it's like a plastic you know like that green plastic prop you've seen um gosh higdon's got one higdon does the ice blaster they had that one um 
that runs off a charge, I believe. Yeah, they had some smaller ones. Like, are, like if you just maybe it's not this thick ice. Yeah, that you got skim, like, if you're dealing with skim ice, they had an ice blaster that was like you ran off a 12 volt like their like their old pulsators would. But there's some you know there's some times where that would be perfect. And there's some times that that water motion is great. You know that yeah, constant flow in your spray right. is awesome. Um, with that, I want to talk about Ice X. Yeah, right. I was on. That's the next one. That's the yeah. last one that rounds it out, right? Lucky Ice Ducks. X. Yeah, and then there's some other one, but the ones we've carried, um, J two Ice River Mallard View, the Ice X we've carried. The ice some Blaster. Of the Higdons. Yeah, from Higdon. Um, that Ice X is super cool. So a lot of these things that we've talked about, like the Ice Ripper. An ice eater, you can get them in one ten. You can get them at what two twenty. Another version, For the Mallard view. Yeah, the the ice rippers is just one twenty one ten hundred foot cord or the two hundred foot cord. Both are one ten standard three prong plug. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then you, we did talk about the ice blaster has the battery with it, but they're kind of you don't really just put them over your shoulder and and out take them go. hunting with you. No. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, they don't, like, I mean, Josh, I mean, you've taken them out to ponds and stuff. What, how do you get them out there? <laughs> Side-by-side or a pickup truck. Pickup truck. Because the generator's got to come with it. Yeah, the generator's got to come with it. Yep. Yep. I, or at least I try to get it as close as I can. You know, you doing, like, the handheld, like, a 2,000-watt uh, generator? No, I got one of the big generators. It'll yeah. run two ice rippers. Oh, okay. Uh, But it, it's got a wheel Dang. kit on it, so that makes oh, yeah. it, that makes it handy. Yeah, that does make it handy. Yeah, so the the Ice X from Lucky Duck is a floating ice eater. Mm-hmm. So the Ice Ripper and the Mallard View Ice Eater, they have stands yep. that sit underwater, and they can control the angle. This Ice X actually is a flotation ice eater that sits on top. It can work in very shallow water because um, that's a perk yep. not having the whole stand and everything. Basically, the motor sits right underneath what looks like a little... Buoy, buoy, uh, yeah. board deal. Yeah, and the thing about that is, it's very portable. Mm-hmm. It is, it is not out of the question to put that in a jet sled. No, when you're dealing with ice, sometimes you're dealing with snow or icy conditions. Pulling a jet sled is really not that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now, I can pull a jet sled a while because it's 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 going to glide. It's going to fly on it. Yeah, and then pairing that with a small Honda generator. Or like appropriate generator that's pretty darn light. Yeah. That thing can go a ways back. If yep. you need to get back somewhere. Or if you can't get the truck or you can't get the UTV or you don't have a UTV, that right. right there can get you know, if you need to park and access a river or access something from a ways out, you could throw that in a sled. I mean, you might even be able to carry it with a couple guys, like one guy carry the unit, one guy carry the, yeah, the generator. Split it up. Yeah. It comes with a seven foot or seven and a half foot anchoring pole. You don't need that as long as the unit itself, which you're probably going to get into, but you can you can hunt in any depth of water as deep as you want to go. That's true. I was saying I was saying it can go in shallow water. Yeah, but at the same time, if it's thirty foot of water, as they as they say, you could literally duck hunt over the Mariana Trench. Yeah. It could be a thousand feet as long as the thing, the the floating device with the the, uh, the ice eater the, the ice eater deal underneath is attached to something stable, whether it's your boat, tree, a tree, uh, some you could use an anchor, almost like a long line. 
uh, a stump, you yeah. know, whatever, um, or the pole, which actually is a seven foot pole for most any application that's going to work. Yeah, and I mean, again, if you, and if you're running out in the boat too, I mean, you could grab some some a pole that's the length of your boat, eighteen foot or something, mm-hmm. if you needed to. Yeah. Yeah, you could Some just conduit. make it. You could do an open hole out in the middle of a, yeah, you know, deep water instead of having to imagine make that. a hole imagine right off the. If you could get somewhere you could with your open boat, up Smithville in the middle. <laughs> you can get somewhere with your boat. You had a snow cover on your boat blind, and you're able to like make a like a loafing area with a, yeah with a bunch of decoys. It'd be fun. It is super cool though. Um, but one other thing that's kind of how it works i'd like to touch on let's is, do it so in kansas we have a split mm-hmm. and it's in january some of my best hunts i've ever had are from the ice holes that the birds keep open during the split so if you've got a big freeze you're looking for birds try and find where they're keeping those holes open and hunt that hole yeah yeah it's a lot less work true and the birds want to be there yep so it's it's pretty fun when you can find one of those special holes. Yeah. A lot of the time, they're out in the middle. Right. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you can get lucky and find one that's accessible. Yeah, no that's, doubt. That's when some fun can happen. Yeah. And you got to keep the – we talked about running it to keep the hole open. This isn't to put it out the morning of and you're hunting that day. No. it's you got to plan ahead. Yeah. Yep. you got to give it, like I was talking about, the ice ripper, giving it ample time to work. I yeah. mean, we've we've I mean, done it where we put know. it in, like, the evening before our hunt, and then we hunt it in the morning, mm-hmm. let it run all night. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of times when we do that, that's when the ice is kind of coming off, and we okay. know that hole's going to be pretty good size the next morning. Yeah, there's right. some guys, they got to go out, refill the gas mm-hmm. in the generator. Um, or, like we said, a lot of them will come with a cord, so if you can run it to power, then you don't have to worry about yeah, and then there's the generator some, portion. Yes, but. and then there's some there's some days with the with the, the right temperature, like on that ice X, you could go out with it to hunt, and then you could do, you'll bring your shovel, you'll bring your split maul, yeah. you can cut open something decent, and then knock that, put that ice X in there, and it'll start to grow it. It's just got to be on those right days where yeah, it's at that 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 threshold where like. It's just warm enough to where it's starting to get a little bit slushy on top, and then the ice eater of Ripper or Ice X is doing its job. It's just going to slowly start eating away, and that hole is going to grow over your hunt. And then if you can hunt yeah. it back to back, it's just going to. I think one of the best better. times to open up a hole is when the ice is starting to thaw. Yeah. Like if you've got a, a good freeze that comes through for a week, and then you see the next week highs in the four, like next week highs in the forties. Yep. I mean, I would put an ice ripper out and get a hole open this weekend. Which is what we're doing. Nice. Yep. So we'll get to see. I'm excited. Well, well yeah, we'll pick you. I'll pick you up Monday evening, which the day this podcast comes out, and we'll we'll be on our way. We'll, to we'll, we'll see what the what the holes look like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all be on our way to so, Kansas. Well, you'll already be there. <laughs> now you have this. Now you have this hole open. It's cold out, and the ducks are around. Geese are around. Yeah, what is your the, what does your duck spread look like? How does it look different than a normal yeah. duck hunt? It depends. Yeah. <laughs> is it typically, so, though, you're probably like going smaller spreads? Um, I mean, it depends on the size of the hole I've got open, right? Yeah. 
So I want to have a place for the birds to land. So, I mean, if I'm working with a tiny hole, maybe I'll bring out six fully flocked mallard floaters and that's it. Yeah. So for me, like the duck hunting, I I don't have a ton of full bodies or I don't have like the really nice green headgear sleeper uh, full bodies that you know, have the retractable bases. Like those are awesome on the ice. But oh, yeah. I tend to use more floaters with a, when a, in a duck hunting scenario than I do the shells and the full bodies that you can do with, with the Canada stuff, which we'll talk about here coming up. But I, depending on the, the size, I want to leave water for the ducks to land in. Mm-hmm. So the, how big a hole determines, you know, how many floaters I throw out there. I do think some of those full body ducks really make something look fun. Um, if you have them. So FA makes a sleeper full body with a base. And if you, if you don't have a base, bases are nice on the ice. Makes your life a lot easier. Green Ed gear. Do we still sell about the, the sleeper? We don't sell the sleeper. The sleeper pack might be coming back. Hot tip for not this year, but down the road. Um, but Green Ed gear had made some. You can probably find them. With the retractable. Around. Yeah. But yeah. they probably have some type of ruster pack now or harvester. Yeah. But the cool thing about the retractable base is you could put them. There's one right behind you. Yeah, I know. Right behind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want me to grab that? Yeah, grab one. Does Dakota the dabbler, where it had the recessed keel? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That, that's a good option. So you could set that on ice. That's this, right? Heydays will fit. Sl- you can set those on the ice, Heydays, too. the pro about that with that pontoon keel. Mm-hmm. Set those on ice. I don't know if you can yeah. see that. All the arms are covering up, but we sold these for years, and... uh you know, I'd like to see them come back. Maybe they will. But if you got those already, that's yeah. a good one to use. You probably already use them, obviously. But dabblers, heyday, yeah. Uh, Do we still sell this one? Nope. Same thing on this goose, which we'll talk about later. Or maybe like a half shell. But for but for ducks, I don't that see a lot of, of work. Sh- a lot of shells on the market anymore. No, Higdon. No. Higdon has I some shells. Does a shell? Yeah, but. Um, now is your decoys okay? So where we're sitting, if you're watching us, um, if not, you can kind of picture this in your head. So where you're hunting at, the holes out in front of you, are your decoys on the far edge of the ice hole? Are Probably they mixed, not. You, or are they on the front edge? If, I mean, if you set it up correctly, you're gonna have the wind at your back. Yeah, correct. So, so I'd have to, to you. decoys on the close side to me. Yeah. But also on the duck side of things, I would I would use goose decoys. Like, that's that's the next thing too. Like if you can mix in some goose floaters or some goose decoys around that, or goose shells. Goose shells is a big one. I mean, pack that, them. That's in the tight. time of year when they're mixing and mingling. I yeah. mean, they've got to have water too. So so bef- before we get to that, you run a spinner in the hole, pulsator, sometimes or some sort of agitator. And, we, and if we don't have like a nice. X or something, Ice Ripper, we will run a, some water motion in that hole just to kind of keep the the ice to start to, like, what do you call that type It'll of, refreeze. It'll refreeze. It'll start to, like, crystallize around the edges. Yeah, and skim ice. Skim ice and stuff. So if you put some water motion in there, I forgot to say about it. Put some water motion in there, like a pulsator, something that moves a decent amount, of, decent amount of water that'll keep those edges from creeping in on you. It's very. I think that's pretty important, I too. think I was reading somewhere... Um, 
a lot of time, like if you were to go watch a small duck hole, this is duck specifically, but yeah. you see them moving a lot because they are keeping them open. You, so maybe, you watch ducks in general; they move a lot. Like you yeah. put a put a swimmer out there. Oh yeah, you know, so it looks more natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're moving around. Put a swimmer out there with like a anything that's shovel moving on around the front water of it. is good. Yeah, put a put a got my cord all tangled up here. Oh no, come <coughs> but, back. Yeah, as far as decoy numbers go, it it all depends on the size of the hole. I suppose it would depend. And on the size if you of bring too many, just leave some. Put them on the ice. Yeah, put them somewhere, yeah, hide them away somewhere. Like I mean, the uh, heydays and the, and the dabblers from Dakota, and some of those have those options to. I'm sure you could still put just a regular keeled decoy out on the ice too. It doesn't look as good. It, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm, I'm, artistically, it would still yeah. work. Artistically, eh. yeah. But for all, for all ducks, I just don't know if you need as many. But if you start mixing in geese, I think that's really like the ticket. It is the ticket. It's and really the ticket. Also, the open water is very enticing to the birds. So you want to make sure they can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So And some guys might be able to put two decoys in the water and one spinner and one pulsator and have a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I mean, because that flash gets them over there. They see that water. Especially if you're one of the only open holes around. Correct. Um, so with that, I think mixing them is, is the best. If you can shoot ducks and geese, mm-hmm. I would go, I would start to favor the, the goose decoys and then trick, like just sprinkle in some ducks. Yeah. Ducks and will that's decoy a killer geese. spread. Ducks will. Yeah. I would focus on a couple goose floaters, but don't like fill up the hole with goose floaters. Yeah. You want to leave some open water. Yeah. Sleeper but then shells sleeper shells are tight. amazing. Oh yeah, they look so natural. It looks so good on the ice, and you start to know which way your wind's blowing. So, if it's at your back, or if you do have to cross shoot, figure that out, and you're at to direct your shells. I mean, I like to properly. Do you do that, Josh? Face them into the wind. Yeah, where their yeah. their tails are facing downwind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they'll set up on the on the ice hole, and then you can get kind of creative on how they pot them together. You know, you don't do like a four by four, perfectly square, eight, you know, yeah, you know, eight decoys. You can just have some fun with it. Some kind of trickle off the back, you know, trying to tell a story. Yeah. You you just, whatever your imagination comes up with. And you can throw full bodies out there yeah. I mean, on bases or if you have Bigfoots. Yeah. You know, Bigfoots are nice bases. I mean, just dealing with stakes, it's kind of, it gets hard. I'm going to have my goose i'm gonna add arms and give it two orange <laughs> pylon deals so yeah like directing in <laughs> traffic oh that would be hilarious have a little runway of lights right into your ice hole like a little some bit. rope lights yeah some led rope lights going right <laughs> that would be a funny that would be that funny. would be hilarious but yeah for geese i mean same thing mix in a few ducks Use or just it. forget it well, if, if it's only, like, ducks are closed and I'm hunting geese, yeah, I'm just throwing, just goose, throwing decoys. goose decoys out. Less to worry about. You know, you know, do you do sentries? you like sentries around the ice, or? I'm not particular about it. You know, I just grab it doesn't matter. I just throw them out. You know, I didn't know if, you, if feeders looked weird or if you thought that you wanted more just, like, simple uprights and rester heads on the full bodies or, you uh, know. Just throw them out. Yeah. Huh. I've seen some guys do some, like, Really cool spreads to where you got a couple resters 
around the edge of the ice. You have some sleepers around the edge of ice, and you have like this one sentry like looking at the ice, like like it's about to jump in, like <laughs> cannonball kind of thing. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I'd be. go pretty light on the floaters. Yeah, leave leave that water Just show the water because will, I mean you could have a group of forty honkers coming through. Yeah, and if they don't think that they can all land in that pool of water, yeah, there's a high likelihood they're going to bounce or they're going to land on the ice. Keep that in mind too, because you might on your downwind your shooting lane, you might not put a bunch. You don't want to put a bunch of decoys there. I mean, you want to. I mean, you'll have some. You have some sleeper shells. But if you like go, if you just go out with full bodies, you, if they you don't, you're not really giving them a spot to to put down. Yeah. If they they basically have to dedicate to the water, or sl- slide off to the side. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of put your, you know, you can still face your sleeper shells with the wind, but they don't have to be right in front of you. You can pick a side or something. You could put them along the left side of the hole, but if you face them the right, you know stuff like that, you yeah. can play around with. But you kind of, if you if you see big groups flying that day, and your hole is only big enough for like five geese to fit into, you know maybe they they might come in, but they might land short. Mm-hmm. So you know you might have to run kind of a J spread kind of thing or something. The best piece of advice I can give somebody that's hunting a hole like that, especially if the ice is too thin to walk on. Shoot them low in the hole and shoot them fast. Yep. You want to be able to retrieve your birds. It sucks when you're hunting like a big piece of water and they like sail off. They yeah. land out there. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah. How many? Get out the snagging hook. There's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lots of stuff we've done. We've, we've had little dinghy boats mm-hmm. that we've had to retrieve geese on the, on the ice with. So what you're using for your, to get around is you're using your splitting ball. And you're shoving, shoving, you're, you know, t- t- ticking the ice with it and shoving back and you're flying on the ice with this, you know, this little dinghy boat kind of thing. This is hunting a pond. That's really not that deep overall, but the boat was to help spread the weight. And in my mind, it was to be safe if the water, if the ice did bust, I would yeah. be sitting in a boat, you know? Not, yeah. So I've chased down geese that way. Um, but yeah, you want to shoot them and shoot them quick and, and don't let them get out of there. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe you're up in your your shot size or shooting TSS, something that has a little bit more knockdown than trying to shoot them with, you know, some steel number threes or twos or something. Yeah. But before we get to the last part of this, anything else on the goose spread? Shells are amazing. Oh yeah, sleeper full shells. body full body sleepers are awesome. Yep. If you if you know Bigfoots are quick and easy, you want to run bases, um, yeah. You know why don't more people set up so you're doing cross shots? Because that's how you practice shooting. Yeah, it's the it's it's the easy button when they're coming right at you, and yeah. I think it's cool looking. I think you get a more let, effective kill shot, more effective for sure when you're shooting them head on, head, head on. on. Yeah, for sure. A lot of winged birds from the side. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm going to start shooting trap with it coming right in my face. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. That stuff's just to just get hone in your skills in general. Except when it comes to waterfowl hunting. I mean, it does help you out with, like, trap and, and dove hunting before season. 
It's some of the best Dove things you, I can see. Some of the best things you can do yeah. before your first teal hunt and for your first duck hunt of the year. Man, yeah. shooting a decoy and duck. How much practice do you need, Patrick? I don't know. We're about to find if it's out. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know? The moment one lifts on him and, and jumps right or left, we'll get to see. Yep. You're going to find out. Yep. But have you heard about the blue tarp? I was going to bring that up. The navy blue tarp. Have you heard about the tarp? Are you making a fake hole? Yeah. Yeah. Did someone do this? I've heard it, I've, I've heard, heard rumors. I've never seen somebody do it. I've never seen it done. Really like seen You're going to look it up. Like you'd think that would go viral on YouTube if somebody did that. If someone truly got it to work. Yeah. I don't know if it would work. But I think you could so, do it right now. So the story is you take a big blue tarp. I like navy blue. And you lay it out, not ocean blue. <laughs> I don't think that Caribbean looks natural. Blue. You got like Caribbean blue tarp out there. Yeah. But go ahead. You basically just trick the ducks into thinking that blue tarp is open water. And I think you, you can do it better when you have snow on the ice, too. Do people do it on the ice, or do they do it in a field? I do it. I heard it on the ice. He's opening up a pond, and you're making a pond. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've heard guys do it on a, in a field? Like, I think so. It's like a little strip water, like something? Yeah. Man, but like, like if the sn- if snow's covering everything, ducks don't know what's underneath it. True. Oh, so you're saying if it's com- snow out, like completely snowed out, you go out there and you set like I feel like I would set a strip of tarps, like a longer strip, like a like <laughs> a hot water spring or something, uh-huh. and then what do you do? Put full bodies on it. You would probably lay some duck floaters, you know, inside of it, <laughs> facing one direction, like it's a got a running current, and then. Put a spinner and out. And put there. a spinner out and let her let her eat. You find anything? There's all sorts of people talking about. They're different. I have heard that if you put a tarp that is blue over the ice when your hole freezes up, the ducks or geese will try landing on it. Is this true? Does anyone have any pictures of a setup like this? Did you find any? I've heard of that before. Seems a little hard to believe though. Um this person put this is 2008. Yeah, this is kind um, of. I mean, I've heard it does work. I was taught by a couple of old school ways. We, yeah, let's see here. Like I said, I haven't seen like any video or yeah, photo no video evidence. evidence. That That's what I'm saying. I want a picture. We got to try it out Wednesday morning. <laughs> Chainsaw. That person talked about. This person uses spray paint and they spray dark blue onto the ice it freezes instantly and makes a great looking pond and it doesn't blow around like a tarp either wouldn't you think that your spray paint can would like freeze up i don't know maybe um that's why you gotta have like a bag full of hand warmers. just go to sherwin williams get a bucket of paint and throw it on the there ice you go. we use a large blue tarp it's probably like cheap good. don't do that you know we're just dumping crap into <laughs> yeah. our 20, 20 by 28 we pile snow in the corners and made some small piles around the middle the decoys held the rest it worked getting us ducks in the field so you're talking about working that in the was field? a field but see i feel like no one is, has pictures yeah and how about i just click images patrick so I feel like you gotta you gotta you make it circular, you roll up like the corners, and then you put snow like over the edges a little bit if you have snow. If you don't, maybe you, you figure something out. It doesn't matter, maybe. 
think that's the spray paint method. Is that the spray paint method? Mm-hmm. It does kind of look like open water. Dude, that looks like open water for sure. Hmm. You don't see a tarp, though? That one's not a tarp. Is that a tarp? Don't tell the EPA you're spray painting the ice. Yeah, I wouldn't. Here's a tarp on a field. Is it? Is it a DIY duck hunting decoy pond? Like, is that even snowy out? That's just like no, it might be gonna, paint. I'm, I'm making that's just water, fake water on grass. They're just making a pond. Yeah. If you guys have done it, let us know. <laughs> We'd really like to know. That one. You think someone's... That looks real. <laughs> that one's rough. Just yeah. a black tarp. You see how, like, the ones that look good, they've sprinkled in, like, little white... Yeah. Like, ripples into mm-hmm. it. Maybe we should get, like, a little leaf blower, and you can, like, kind of slowly, like, paint oh, the snow over I top of it. I thought that was... Now, that looks like water. Yeah, you can't it tell it's not, because the, du- the, the dog... dog is, the dog is literally sitting on the tarp. I wonder what material that is. Looks like there's common tarp. That looks like plastic. I don't know, but who knows how many of these are? Just go fake to Home Depot pictures. and find something that looks like water. Maybe we sure. could, maybe we can test it next season. Yeah, I don't know. Just for fun, why don't you do it? You do it, Josh. Let us know. I'll fund the tarp. You go do it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I still need to do my six spinner challenge. Well, get on top of this. What are we doing? <laughs> you need some spinners? No. But now, one thing you're going to do, because you're going to get a new dog. Yeah, on Saturday. So what about that? So, yeah, we were, me when and Josh were talking to, about this earlier. but Oh, was I not here? Well. Just now? No. Well, I was Googling <laughs> tarps. <laughs> Before we started this, oh. hunting dogs with ice is, it's, there's a lot to think about, and Josh is going to be, he's going to have probably the most information on that because there's a lot of scenarios. There's a, there's a lot of bad things that can happen. And, you know, not only with just the outside temperature and, and keeping that dog, you know, warm and stuff, you know, is there a certain temp that's a cutoff for you, Josh? Generally, like below 20. Yeah. Is when I start to get really cautious. Yeah. Okay, so talk about like what your thoughts are on 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 ice and having a working dog on there and stuff like that. It scares me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, ice is unpredictable, as many ice fishermen know. Uh, you can go from being on good ice to bad ice in split second. But as far as like when I do take my dog, the conditions I'm looking for is. If I'm hunting a marsh when things are just starting to freeze up or maybe we got like an inch or two of ice, I can still go bust a hole and hunt it, right? In that situation, I'm comfortable bringing my dog because even if the dog were to break through the ice, I'm in a situation where I can recover my dog or um, they can just fall through six inches of water. They're standing. Yeah. It's not dangerous. The, The ice can hurt their feet, so that's something to be mindful of. Um, if it's really sharp, jagged ice, that can really take a toll on them. But when I don't take my dog is on situations, let's say I'm hunting a reservoir, I got a hole in the ice, and there's just nothing but ice all around that hole. 
I'm not going to take my dog. Yeah. Because you never know when you're going to sell that bird. Your dog breaks. It goes out. It's 60 yards out in the middle of that reservoir, breaks through the ice. What do you do? Yeah. Because if your dog busts through, you're definitely going to bust through. Yeah. But always, always keep in mind uh, recovery for your dog, whether they fall through or they're getting cold, all those types of things. Yep. So just be careful. It's okay to leave them at home and go hunt with your buddies and shoot them in the ice hole without the dog. Yep. Um, other things you can do is get one of those big, long extension poles. You can reach out there and grab some ducks if you don't bring your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of those will go 20 feet. Yep. Work good. But huh. Good vest. Vests are awesome on the ice. They'll protect their chest as they're crawling in and out of the ice. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, ice, ice and dogs scare me a little bit. Yeah. I get it. Huh. Yeah. But usually, man, when they do it on an ice hole, they're, you're, you're dropping them in like three pointers right into the bucket. Yeah. You know? That's a perfect situation to bring your dog, but you also need to know your dog and the control that you have on your dog, yeah. knowing yeah. that if they do hop on that ice, you can get them recalled real fast. Yeah, and you, if you're not confident in that, I wouldn't, I no, wouldn't bring your dog. 100%. So, and kind of going back to just hunt, general hunting, like you kind of start to figure out how to land your birds in the water, so you can walk out there and just <laughs> grab them, turn around with a big old grin, and walk back. If it's a really yeah. bad day, I'll just shoot them on the water. True, but you, you'll start to figure out if they're coming in left to right or whatever. You got the timing right to where you, boom, and then it's it just sails right in the water. Three yeah. points. I I like to get them as low to the water as possible before we shoot. Yeah. So, busting through ice to go retrieve a duck sucks. It does suck. I've done plenty of it. It is horrible. We, we like, have a spot we like to hunt when it freezes, and we why we like to hunt it is because we know we have, I don't know, a football field worth of weightable yeah. area under us, under the ice. Mm-hmm. We know we're confident we hunt this a bunch to where we, we know we can walk any of this area from mm-hmm. from these you know we know the area we can walk we know the depth and we go out there depending on how cold it is and we just try to get the biggest hole open we can with the time we have and it's sometimes pretty shallow so we'll come out and we'll try to find like the the, the calf deep water to start working on the on the hole right because if it's really shallow you're not sliding that under <laughs> at all no. yeah so but we just know confidently like if that duck is 30 feet you know off the hole it's going to suck, but I'm going to break ice All in a strip to that duck. Yep. Or break it to where we can get a stick and, you know, a, a, a lay down or something, you know, driftwood and pull it back to us. But that's why we like to hunt a place like that is because we know what type of wading water depth we have underneath the ice. Yeah. But, yep. It's fun. Sounds fun. You know, usually the... Only I think I've only done it a couple of times, and that was geese. And with this current condition right now, with all the snow, I mean, a snow cover on an A-frame in a nice hole is just a blast. Pat can bring his buddy heater. He can warm up his Pop-Tarts, you know, on the buddy heater. Yeah. It's a blast. But 
we've done some pretty cool snow cover layout blind in a snow drift mm-hmm. on the side of a farm pond with the hole cut open. Oh, that's that's just that's just mean. It's magical. Yeah, it is. It is. One of one of my buddies, the first time I took him duck hunting, we had to bust a ice ice hole open. And he thought it was a blast. Like I was like, we're gonna have to get here early and I'm gonna bring all these random farm equipment tools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna go duck hunting. And he's he doesn't know what we're doing. Like right. he he knows we're duck hunting, but he has no idea what we're getting into. But hmm. it's a fun time. Yeah. So when this when people are watching this all three be heading to duck hunt yeah we're heading to heading down south a little bit not too far about an hour just over an hour and a half yeah and we're, we're probably still gonna be dealing with ice but next week we're gonna see some 40s yeah so i'll be i mean i'll be ready for the swimming pools to open back up and, and specs open all back that up stuff on the 20th oh on the kansas side yeah yep. that's pretty cool jackson was telling me specs will be back open Sweet. And Canada's. Josh, you think we need some spec floaters? Like one, two, three? I don't know. Well, come on. You're uh, a ma- sure, bring them. Ma- master Splinter, you teach me your ways. <laughs> but you got to teach me. Sometimes I feel like, when, I mean, when I, call, when I call specs, if I just have some, co- like three of them, some, something to, for them to see, because I'll get them and they'll just. I've never shot a spec. Really? Nope. I'm I'm offered on specs this year. I had plenty yeah. of opportunities, but they just didn't want to tell Brandon to bring play. a spec call. We've yeah. shot them over no spec decoys plenty of times, but you know, just yeah. lately they they they're checking you out. They're just outside of the range, but I feel like if I just I had know. some, I'll bring a ten gauge. <laughs> <laughs> if I just had the couple spec decoys out there for them to key in on, lights out, game over. So ducks, specs, Canada's, yeah. What do you think, Josh? No, no spinner. Spinner. I don't know. You put it out. If it works, I'm gonna do the new XHDI with the remote, the black wings that that stop sick facing up. So that's. I think we just need one. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I think just one. I think one's good. Yeah, agitator. Yeah, a couple agitators. I'll bring me. Yep. Good job, Pat. <laughs> Show up. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, you guys will be leading the way. Oh, it'll be good. I'm. Uh, this is your territory. Yeah. So to speak. I mean, I've I've gone, but nothing like you guys. So, anything else on high five? Is that going to make it into a short? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> talking uh, to himself over there <laughs> well i don't know himself <laughs> i'm staring at some stuff that people don't know about yet i'm not even going to talk about oh yeah that looks good you haven't really got to put your hands on them yet nope but as soon as this is done it's been back here for like three weeks i'm going to check it out yeah we y'all, got- y'all can't see it but we've got some secret stuff in here for anybody That'll watching we're not really in a barn um, yeah, <laughs> we're in a studio, and there's always like, and across from me, there's some there's new, always there's like some new goods, new products just trickling in and out. Yeah. You know, Josh gets to see them 
All of them. All yeah, the time. He, he, usually. They just end up at his desk. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, this is new. Here you go. Here you go. Take some pictures. Yeah. Uh, so Josh, yeah, does take a lot of pictures of products that go to our website. Yeah. Like, you know, brand new products and stuff. Oh, yeah. There's that one over there, too. Which one? The one over by the wall. I mean, it's not really that new, but it oh. hasn't been released yet. Okay. See, there's some stuff laying around here I got to check out. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, like I said, I'm going to say it every podcast leading up to the events. Okay. Because we've got to remind everybody every single time. So, uh, NWTF National Convention, February 14th through the... 18th? Or really the 17th. Really 17th. Thursday or... Uh, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday, there's a... Uh, worship. A worship. And yeah, some finishing up stuff for that. Yeah. Wednesday is more of a setup day, but public Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, in Nashville, Tennessee... So we will all be out there um, having tons of fun. So if you haven't been before um, and you're able to go, that'd be awesome. Um, if you have gone before, uh, make sure you stop by and check out Roger Sporting Goods. We'll be there uh, for the duration of the event. And then we take a couple weeks off. And then we will be in Des Moines, Iowa for the Iowa Deer Classic for the first time. So we're super pumped and excited for that. We will have a booth. It will be upstairs on the second floor by the scoring tables um, and some of the seminar areas and the big bucks. Yeah. Um, so check us out there. Um, so we'll be there for the couple days that that's going on. And then we take about one month to get ready for our first of big event of the year, which is our Fishing Frenzy 24 event, April 6th at the store location in Liberty, Missouri. And that's an all day event, food trucks and giveaways. And we got this big giant fish tank this year. That's the one I'm excited for. So, I'm excited for all of them, but I, that fish tank, man, I've always wanted to have the fish tank at the store and like, and I've always wanted to get up there and like, and flip a lure into that fish tank and watch yeah, because you can, 15 bass attack it. You know? And now we can, yeah, because we, you never can when you go to a show and you're like, you can't mess with oh, the I'd, tank. I'd love to can't do <laughs> anything. Yeah. But, is our tank for that day? We got to figure out how long it's going to be there. We're going to have to like, like Sunday go morning. The, I'm going to go Sunday in the middle morning. of the night when the tank <laughs> is filling up. <laughs> Sunday morning, you know, before he's picked up and left, we'll be out there with all of our all of our lures, like testing them out. Like, you know, yeah. try it with this weight. Try it with this hook. Hayden, you got to be on on top of it that day. We're going to get some good footage with those Rogers uh, baits. I plan on it. And there'll be seminars that we already have scheduled. Um, yeah. from other companies too so uh keep an eye out for that we got two food trucks we got you know how we do it yeah we just keep making it bigger so yeah sim- the seminar things like it says seminar it's not like you're not gonna sit there and it's gonna be boring you're not gonna and, like, sit there just like oh and listen to a pa speaker go no it's gonna be it's you're fun. gonna watch lures hit the water and see what they do that's and how really the, the fish react to them yeah that's the focus so because it's hard for me to grab a like a whopper plopper that's been out for a while and you try to tell people what it looks like in the water yeah and say well this is what it does and the sound it makes and but now you take that lure you cast it out in the tank you also have fish reacting to it and you get to see what it looks like in action before you buy it so Anyways, super cool. I'm yeah, super we'll have, excited. So those are our kind of three 
things happening, which I'm going to tell you again when we do our next podcast. So um, with that, shoot, we're rocking and rolling. Oh, yeah. You know? So we're finishing up our seasons here, and and hopefully everybody's had a good uh, finishing up their season. So, so we're enjoy getting there. it, and then conservation order around the corner. Ooh, yeah, you know, waterfall season isn't over yet. Not yet. Not yet. No. So, so like we said, we've talked about like if you really want to go crazy, you can yeah. go all year. You can travel. You can yep. shoot snows so. in Canada in May. You know that. <laughs> So you can get after. You always chase a couple Not that pigeons. Angry at them. <laughs> you got you got time if you want to spend the time. Right. You can get after. Correct. It. So, um, we appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. Make sure you uh, follow our YouTube channel, Roger Sporting Goods. Uh, like it, subscribe. So make sure you get our new content. You're always up to date on anything we're. Uh, shooting videos of or showing stuff or giveaways we're going to give out or who knows what we'll do so um, we appreciate everybody listening make sure you have a good week and uh, be safe out there enjoy the outdoors and until next time peace peace I think it's time for me to go burn all bridges